0: The following program is sponsored by Wealth Enhancement Group. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Wealth Enhancement Group or its guests and do not reflect the opinions of News Talk 830 and Odyssey, Inc. Advisory services offered through Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services, LLC. A registered investment advisor. Certain but not all investment advisor representatives at Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services are also registered representatives of and offer securities through LPL, Financial Member FINRA, SIPC. Wealth Enhancement Group and Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services are separate entities from LPL. Wealth Enhancement Group is a registered trademark of Wealth Enhancement Group, LLC. Sound strategies to make sense of your financial life answers to everyday questions pertaining to your money brought to you by wealth enhancement group helping you to plan and invest with confidence and clarity after all it's your money good
1: sunday rashini rajkumar here you are listening to your money on WCCO radio with hosts bruce and peg Today, as you know, it's Olympic season. Inflation fears once again taking hold. There's another kind of precious metal out there, though, that Bruce and Peg will share thoughts about, a really interesting area in investing. You can text and call us today on our studio line, 651-989-9226. All week, ask your questions of Peg and Bruce at 8886-Advice or email your money at wealthenhancement.com. Here's Senior Vice President Financial Advisor Peg Webb and the founder of Wealth Enhancement Group, Financial Advisor Bruce Helmer. Good morning, Bruce and Peg.
2: Good morning.
3: Hi, Rashini. Hi, Peg. Uh, Rashini, that's a great uh, lead-in. Thank you. So, Peg, yeah, you know, and again, our marketing team does a nice job of uh, tying our topics to things going on in the world, other making a connection to things that people are interested in and the Olympics are going on, and so we talk about winning the gold, winning the silver and the bronze, but we also talk about these things, precious metals, gold and silver and whatnot, in the investment world. So it is a, uh, it is a nice connection. Are you, are you a fan of the Olympics?
2: I am a fan. Uh, It isn't, well, uh, some of my friends are having get-together, so I'm a big fan of that and watching with someone else. And then, you know, just when I'm kind of walking by the television, because a lot of times I have the television on and it's on mute, and then I'll be walking by, but it catches my attention, and then I watch. Now, I'm a very competitive person, right? You know that, right? So I I love just watching this and how just a nanosecond you know, like I watched the swimmers yesterday. I mean, how just, I just like a like a nanosecond, and then you're second or third, and it's it's just fun to watch.
3: Um, yeah, and I know a lot of people are watching, and uh, I, you know, let's but let's get into the topic. I, you know, I'm a sports fan, but for whatever reason, the Olympics never really grab me unless there's a a really special story like. Uh, um, um, you know the the swimmer whose name escapes me now that won eight gold medals or something like that. I just uh, I, I might
2: have it. Michael, on Phillip? Michael yeah, Phillips.
1: Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps.
2: Come Phelps. on, yeah. Bruce. Come
1: on. <laughs> <laughs> We're really seeing some behind the scenes with Peg and Bruce this morning on their sports yeah, yeah. knowledge. I'm I'm getting a kick out of it.
3: <laughs> yeah, ask me something about Major League Baseball, and I'll tell you a lot more than I can about the Olympics. But segue, but. I do know a little bit about investing in precious metal. So, Peg, this comes up, you know, last week we talked about inflation and people are concerned about inflation. And anytime there's concerns about inflation, a lot of people think, well, the cure for inflation and the potential volatility of the stock market is to take all my money out of the market and go put it all in gold.
2: Yeah, I, I you know, what I thought was kind of fun is we're going to talk here a little bit about precious metals and a little bit of history, and then we're also going to talk about the role that precious metals um, fills today. I had to do a little reading about the history, and I find this fascinating. When you start reading about currency and gold standard and all of that, I just couldn't really stop because, it. it number one, it's just super interesting how that Currency where you, where you, um, well, it was 1821. So we're really going way back when Britain actually adopted, adopted this gold standard. And they just are the ones that started pegging the worth of currency to gold. And then this gold standard and silver standard kind of was a big controversy, but it, it, it it became kind of the international currency system until the first world war. Then I thought this was interesting that the USA, and I didn't know this, actually was able to manage and maintain that modified kind of gold standard until 1971, which actually doesn't even feel that long ago um, to me. But now the dollar is kind of independent of gold. And the reason... That started to happen is because the government wanted to influence kind of this money supply. So we talk a lot about the government's influence influence of interest rates and uh, money supply is just like how much money are they putting into the system? or are they pulling back? And then um, but still with all of that, gold and silver specifically haven't really lost their value even though they're not really tied to that standard, what I, which I kind of still find interesting. And it's, it's a real curiosity to a lot of our clients, you know, does the Wealth Enhancement Group deal in it? Um, when we talk about uh, gold and silver, what are we talking about? Are we talking about investments? Are we talking about the coins, et cetera, et cetera?
3: Yeah, and we'll elaborate more on that in a, in a second because it could be either end or both. That's really good, Peg. I'm glad you did some some reading and some research because I didn't know a lot of that. I think something that you just said, though, is a surprise to many listeners, and that is that our currency, our the U.S. dollar, has not been backed by the gold standard since the Nixon administration, since 1971. I think a lot of people think it still is, and it's not. There's really nothing. Money is money. A dollar is a dollar because we say it is. And that's part of what's risen or or led to the rise in this cryptocurrency, Bitcoin and these other cryptocurrencies that I know we will talk more about on this show in weeks, months, years to come. The other thing we should mention is volatility. When we talk about inflation and then we talk about volatility or or retraction in the stock market, that that again is a time where precious metals, gold and silver comes up. Investors want to look at, at, at other alternatives. When the market drops, so, so last Monday we saw a big uh, down day in the market, but then the rest of the week it dug its way back out again. And I think our message is volatility is normal. In fact, we've been saying on this show since the pandemic first started you know, over a year and a half ago, until we're past this thing, expect volatility in the market. We would be surprised if there wasn't volatility in the market. The big drop on Monday was actually driven uh, driven by uh, an increase in cases again from the Delta variant. And, you know, you're hearing it a lot of places, but you might as well hear it here as well. Vaccines are the key. They work and the states that have low vaccination rates are seeing a spike in cases. And we need to get out there and get vaccinated because the vaccine has proven to also be effective against the Delta variant and some of the other variants that are, you know, that are still out there. So, Overall, our economy looks good. The news is is mostly good. Fundamentals are strong. People are spending. Uh, Unemployment is lower. And don't let a a one day or one week or or temporary decline in the market freak you out or panic or try to time the market or say, I'm going to take all my money and put it in gold. None of those are things that you should do just because of a little inflation or because of a little volatility in the market.
2: Well, and I think Bruce too, we have to put it in percentages because a seven or eight hundred dollar, eight hundred point drop seems dramatic. But when the Dow is at 35,000, I mean, that's two percent or 2.3 or, you know, it, I don't think it even hit three percent. So I like to remind my clients that those are percentages and they're very small, but I, I like what you said in that. We're going to see these pockets, and then it was really fun to to hear some of those strong corporate earnings and and the economy is still expanding rapidly. So I think we still have some tailwind to go. I agree. So what
3: about so, so how do how do we use precious metals? And how do we at Wealth Enhancement Group? You kind of teased us a few minutes ago. Well, how do we use uh, precious metals, gold and silver, and other precious metals?
2: Yeah, so how do you actually invest in it? So when we talk about gold today, you know, um I think of gold as as my jewelry, right? <laughs> hey, if I'm going to buy gold, I'm going to put some something to wear versus um, you know, th- just buying say a coin or a silver coin or something like that. So so how do you invest? You can you can actually buy the physical bullion, you know, or you can go buy bars or coins or um, and some of our clients, you know, it, 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 they're one of two things. It's it's either they're a collector, and you know they want the brand new American Eagle, or they want the the gold coin, and you know um, they're going to the U.S. Mint and they're trying to buy today. You know, you you actually have to you have to go into a lottery. Uh, and my husband is a co- uh, coin collector, so you have to go in the lottery and you hope you can win. One of the first ones that come off the press, uh, but then a lot of people buy these just because and, and there was times, especially when the financial crisis happened, that people were were interested in these because if we had you know just a total disaster uh it, it, the olden days was that you were able to take your gold and silver and trade it for food, you know or other. Uh, things, commodities that you needed just to live. So that's why I think it's it, it's tied to inflation and like bad times. But when it comes to Wealth Enhancement Group, there's a lot of ways that you can invest in that without having to go uh, through the mail or go to what you believe is a reputable, you know, gold and silver dealer. And there's there's that's a whole different conversation. But we we do it through kind of the the um, same type of investments that we do when we talk about stocks and bonds. You can buy, you know, uh, traded funds and, you know, things that are well diversified in many different investments. You can, you know, buy mining uh, stocks to get an access to something that's um, that with these commodities. But the, so the traditional way of buying it is out there, Bruce, versus I think a lot of people think, oh, I have to go figure out how to buy those coins um, to to fill my safer side when we, when we, when we're coming up with that ugly inflation word. Yeah. And,
3: and again, what, what I tell people peg all the time is that uh, precious metals is generally a part of our diversified portfolios. It might not be a physical uh, bar or a coin, but we we invest in funds and stocks and and things that, that that hold precious metals. But it should always be a part of a or almost always be a part of a diversified portfolio. But Peg, what I hear sometimes from people is, you know, all or nothing. I'm going to get out of the stock market and go buy gold, and and that's a mistake. Okay, first of all, and I'll I'll give you more teeth to that uh, that uh, expression in a second. But the other thing is, I think they want the physical coin or bar under the belief that if everything goes to heck in a handbasket, having that physical um, coin or bar gives them some something of value. Um, stocks and, and mutual funds and investments seem very nebulous and you can't hold it in your hand and buy something. And at these times, you know, where there's uncertainty or fear about the markets or about inflation people feel a sense of safety by being able to hold something in their hand but when i say you can't or shouldn't just put all of your money in precious metals people see gold as a hedge to market risk or as a hedge to inflation but gold can be more volatile than the stock market um and here's a very very specific example i'm looking at a chart as we speak in 1980 the price of gold closed at just under 595 dollars an ounce 594.90 it didn't close at a gain above that 594 until 2006 it closed at 635 dollars 26 years gold Mm -hmm. was underwater from the price it was at in 1980 and that's your safety play to protect yourself against stock market risk. That's crazy. No, no, don't do that. So again, I understand wanting some physical precious metal in your hand, a bar or a coin. And as part of a diversified portfolio, I'm fine with that, but the panic and say, I'm going to get all my money out of the stock market and put it in gold or silver, Is absolutely crazy. You should never do that.
2: Yeah, I haven't had anybody be that extreme. But, you know, it's almost a little political, too. I hate to bring that up on the radio, but, um, you know, there's just people that don't believe in what the trend is that's going on right now. And it's just it's a part of all of that. And so uh, the way that Wealth Enhancement Group looks at this is, number one, diversification, and we already have that in our portfolios. And I think it was last week, Bruce, that you said there are things that keep up with inflation like, um, you know, currency, commodities, real estate. You know, those are the things that we already have in a a portfolio called inflation focused. We actually have a portfolio called that. And my clients go, you do? And I go, yeah, you own some of it. And so I've had those conversations recently, and, and they're happy that we are that well-rounded, that we're including those things in their portfolio.
3: Um, talk a little bit about, um, we're, we're, we've got a couple minutes left in this half of the show, talk a little bit about some of the challenges of owning the physical property, the coin or, or the bar, and then talk about some of the other things that people should consider, Peg. Whether, whether you get a physical coin or whether you just invest in funds, some of the other things that people need to know, and then uh, that will probably take us to the end of this segment.
2: Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up. Like, what do you do with them, right? They're valuable. Like, uh, a gold coin right now is one ounce is about $1,800. It's not something that you would leave out on your coffee table, you know, to show everybody <laughs> right. that you own this and it's a collectible. So you have to have somewhere to store it and you have to have it be secure and there's a risk of theft, you know, uh, if, if somebody finds out that that's, um, something that you did and, and people tend to, when they invest in things like that, it's kind of fun, right? It's shiny, it's gold, it's silver shiny. And so you, you tend to kind of tell your friends about it and you shouldn't. Um, but the other thing is, is when it comes to, you know, gold and and um, the price of it that you mentioned too was, I mean, its all time high is 2063 and it's sitting around 1800 dollars today. So people tend to want to buy something when it's in the news and it's just been going up, up, up. And so you have to be careful too about um, you know buying too much. But then we think about you know, don't try to get rich quick. Don't try to over allocate in your portfolio because of the times. Um, it is a tool for di- diversifying in your portfolio, which we already use. And if your goal is to protect your assets, you you know, there's other things that you can do without filling. And I think the other thing that's really hard, Bruce, is finding someone to go to if you want to buy the physical um, the physical coins or the physical bars, because you you have to know that that place is reputable. And then we didn't even talk about this, and I don't want to talk about it today, but then the IRS comes looking for their cut no matter what. So, <laughs> I mean, so, right, so right. I, a lot of clients think that they're just not even taxed. If I make money on this, this is going to be tax-free, and, and that's not true.
1: All right, Peg and Bruce, we have some texts coming in. And to remind people, you can call and text Bruce and Peg today, 651-989-9226. This listener asks, more concern is being expressed that inflation is not going to be transitory. How much of a danger is it for retired people?
3: That's a great question, Peg. You know, we know that inflation always exists to different levels. And in the example I give in speaking engagements, I ask people to, if they can remember, to think of what they paid for the first home they ever bought. And they, I see them get the number in their head. And then I say, how many of you paid more for the most recent automobile that you bought? And a lot of hands go up. That's an example of inflation or I'll talk about buying bread in Olivia, Minnesota for 25 cents a loaf of bread or getting a gallon of gas for 25 cents. Now, I'm old. Not everybody has that much inflation in their life, but I do. So we know that it exists. Talk a little bit about why that's more uh, dangerous or detrimental to uh, retirees on a fixed income.
2: Yeah, I think, um, number one, I, I've been telling my clients that it isn't that we haven't had inflation, right? It, the things that have affected my clients in their retirement years are health care, which they're very accustomed to, and um, groceries. You know, if you want to eat healthy, we've already recognized that that's very expensive. The um, It is difficult, but here, you know, the Social Security Administration just quoted – that you know, January of 2022, because of these inflation rates, I mean, they're talking about having a benefit increase of 5.8%. So th- there is one thing there that, that is tied to inflation, and that should help clients with their uh, monthly checks that they get in the mail.
3: Yeah, and we talk, again, we talk all the time that even if you're retired and even if you think you have a short time horizon, The time horizon that we look to is your life expectancy, and we don't know how long you're going to live, but if you're retired and you're 65, you could easily live 30, 35 years, and your money has to last as long as you do. So to combat inflation, we still need some of your money in growth. Even though you say, "I, I need less risk now, I'm retired, and we agree with that, but less risk, and when people say risk, they usually mean risk of principle, There's also the risk of running out of money before you die, which is a far greater risk in my mind, and that can happen if you don't get enough return to keep up with the increasing cost of living and and to not run out of money before you die. So it, it gets back to what we do on this show all the time. You need a combination of short or safe money and long or more aggressive money, most stocks, and then some intermediate or moderate money, and that's the part of the portfolio that probably includes some other alternative asset classes like precious metals.
1: It's always interesting, Peg and Bruce, to hear about precious metals. I mean, you hear people saying, oh, what's the price of gold? What's the price of silver? Do you think that the gold standard or the gold, the price of gold, is directly still affecting our economy? I know that's kind of a loaded question, but simple answer
2: on that one, yes or no, maybe. I, I i don't I mean this is just a peg web comment i mean we, we we're not we're not tying it to gold anymore and we've we're running our own uh, economic um, method you know through the Federal Reserve and raising rates and lowering rates and they're not tying it to anything they're just putting in the money supply to get the economy to keep moving
3: yeah Got right, it. I, agree, I agree with peg it's it's not just a yes or no it's a it's a oh sorry.
1: No, we'll we'll get going. Uh, 651-989-9226 when we come back.
0: This program is sponsored by Wealth Enhancement Group. Advisory services offered through Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services, LLC. A registered investment advisor. Certain, but not all, investment advisor representatives at Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services are also registered representatives of and offer securities through LPL, Financial Member FINRA, SIPC. Wealth Enhancement Group and Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services are separate entities from LPL. Wealth Enhancement Group is a registered trademark of Wealth Enhancement Group, LLC. Sound strategies to make sense of your financial life. Answers to everyday questions pertaining to your money. Brought to you by Wealth Enhancement Group. Helping you to plan and invest with confidence and clarity. After all, it's your money.
1: We are back on Your Money. Rashini Rajkumar here along with your host, Peg and Bruce. And we are talking about precious metals. But Peg and Bruce are financial advisors, as you know, and they are open to your questions as you want retirement help, other advice on things. So call and text them, 651-989-9226. All right, a great topic, Craig Craig and Bruce. We're learning a lot today.
3: Thanks, Rashini, and uh, listeners, thanks for sticking with us, or if you're just joining us. Um, Yeah, we're talking about precious metals for a couple of reasons. Obviously, as most people know, even me, the Olympics are going on, and we talk about winning a gold medal or a silver medal or a bronze medal, but we're also tying this into the economy in that we've had a volatile market this past week. We've been talking about inflation for several weeks. And in inflationary times or in volatile times in the market, people often look to gold and silver and other precious metals as investments. So that's what we've been talking about their role in your investment portfolio some of the things you need to know, some of the challenges, some of the ways to do it, should you do it, how much should you do. Um, so, Peg, uh, I don't want to rehash everything we did in the first half of the show, but any key takeaways for people on this topic? And then, as Rashini said, questions do not have to be limited just to precious metals. We'll take any and all financial planning questions, uh, investment questions. But in, any key takeaways uh, uh, that you think people – uh, can take with them today from uh, from this topic.
2: Yeah, thank you, Bruce. I, I do have a couple of key takeaways. One being, I don't want to have sounded like it isn't a big deal, that inflation is harmful to people when it comes to the cost of things, especially if you're on a fixed income. And then secondly, I wanted to address again you know that that things that have kind of a hedge against inflation it is way in the way of investments is there's plentiful there's lots of things, and that wealth enhancement group has participated in that market since we 've opened the doors so um I would say contact your advisor, you know find out if you have some um, exposure to a hedge against this inflation and what their thoughts are as far as how are you going to hedge versus maybe just calling up or emailing the U.S. Mint and starting to buy coins or bars or things like that. You might find that you already have uh, things in your portfolio that will assist in hedging.
3: The only thing I want to repeat, and we talk about this a lot, but I don't think we can talk about it too often or too much, Peg, we always tell our clients, don't worry about things you can't control. Well, you can't control the stock market. You can't control inflation. You can't control the weather. But all these things, there are things that we can do to help ourselves if there's a volatile or a downturn in the market. There's strategic planning. There's things that we do so a down market is not so detrimental to our life or so inflation is not so detrimental to our life. Or heck, the weather it's hot out, dress cooler, it's going to rain, bring an umbrella. We can't control the weather, but there are a lot of things that we can control. And we can't control inflation and what the stock market does. But we certainly, with proper planning, uh, proper balance, proper diversification, uh, paying attention to things, we can mitigate a lot of the negative impact that these things can have in our lives. And again, most people cannot do this efficiently alone, I'm glad you brought up a financial advisor because most people will fare better uh, at these things if they get good professional help.
1: All right. I have a question for the two of you, which has to do with all of the headlines that we're carrying. Just in this weekend's edition of the Wall Street Journal, even more, talking about the United States economic recovery, yet we're also worrying about inflation and other things, You know, a lot of places having trouble finding workers. So how do we look at that, and how will those affect our investments, Peg and Bruce?
3: Greg?
2: Yeah, I I liked how the texter um, in the first part of the show used the word transitory, meaning is inflation actually something that is going to be here for the long term or is it this pent up demand from the pandemic that's still left over, if you will? And <clears throat> when you mention Rashini like the um <clears throat> the unemployment, you know, we've got unemployment checks still going out to folks out there and we um and, and as soon as those I think release then some people will go back to work. But it's also driven to, and I think this isn't talked about as much, it's driven people to retire. And so, Bruce, what I've seen is a lot of these younger folks, you know, the late 50s, early 60s, uh, clients and new clients, referrals, um, prospective clients, they've all been calling us, <clears throat> excuse me, because they know that we're great distribution planners. You know, how do you create a paycheck for the rest of your life? That's had an effect too on the economy, meaning that these, that a lot of these skilled workers are deciding to retire and that they don't necessarily want to go back to the post COVID, um, life that they had in the office. So there's a combination of things happening out there that are, um, making inflation look like it's, uh, very dramatic right now. And, you know, the headlines love drama. But I think as our investment team told us a couple of weeks ago when Chris Harstek was on, the director of investments with myself, he said this will uh, get out of it. You know, it's not going to be that dramatic. Yes, there'll be some inflation, but not to the tune of the percentages that we've heard in the headlines for the long term. You know,
3: Peg and Rasheed, it's a great question. Um and it, it, it needs to be said that when we speak on this show, we're talking in general terms. When we say the economy's good, macroeconomically, big picture, that's a true statement. But we also recognize there are individual people out there right now that because of the pandemic or because of other things, uh, including circumstances beyond their control, they're going, what are you talking about? I, I I was out of work, or I had to take a big cut in pay during the pandemic. Things haven't gotten back to normal yet, or they have, but I'm so far underwater now. Uh, you talked about unemployment. We can say overall the unemployment numbers are good. It's dropping. Yet we also hear the stories of employers that can't find workers. So any time the government gets involved, as they did with COVID, with stimulus packages and unemployment checks and so forth, the the story becomes, unfortunately, political oversimplified soundbite, depending upon which side of the spectrum you're on. And the reality is this is multiple, factorial. There's a lot of factors that are in, the, in play here, both positive and negative. And you can try to spin it any way you want politically at Wealth Enhancement Group and on this show, we have to be politically neutral, and we have to look at the economic facts and the economic realities. So, yeah, did, did, are some people still getting unemployment checks that don't, don't need them because they can go back to work? Absolutely. But it doesn't mean that the government didn't need to do something because of the worst of the pandemic. Did some people get PPP loans that probably shouldn't have? Absolutely. Absolutely. But this is complicated, it's multifactorial, it's complex, but when we look at all of it, we think the positives far outweigh the negatives right now, and we are cautiously optimistic. Peg, I just before we went on, on air today, I was looking at uh, my wealth enhancement statement, and our investment management team looks at uh, seven market movers every time we send out a statement. Four the seven right now, they, they, they are optimistic about. 2 they're neutral and they're only negative on on one, and that's we think there's going to be higher taxes soon. So our outlook is, is we 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 tend to oversimplify on this show. It's a complicated subject, and we're talking in the macroeconomic understanding. There's always isolated incidents or, or personal uh, uh, experiences that aren't consistent with the global macroeconomics. We get that.
1: Bruce and Peg, I don't always get super giddy about texts, but there are a couple texts here that are really interesting. <laughs> I, want to rem- I know. Is that a good teaser? I want to remind people they can call you and Peg and text at 651-989-9226. Uh, we've got about 10 minutes left with Peg and Bruce, so get your calls and questions in. This person says, Peg and Bruce, is inflation transient? Will prices come down, or will they remain sky high forever?
3: Yeah, Peg, you talked a little bit about that. Elaborate, though. What, what do you think?
2: It's kind of interesting because now I'm I'm going to remember a quote that Jim Kahn, uh, one of the directors of investments, said. I don't understand why people fear the stock market to the degree that they do, meaning it's going to go up, it's going to go down, but it's always historically uh, been higher than it was before. But when it comes to inflation, and Bruce, you're going to probably remember this because you said this a million times, when it comes to inflation, we never really get that back, right? We never get to retract, you know, prices just don't seem to go to retract. So I like that comment and it really stuck with me because I talk to my clients a lot about that. Why are you fearing the stock market? You know, when we do these financial forecasts, we are building in a 3% Uh, compounded, uh, cost the things going up each and every year. And that's quite dramatic in a decade period of time. How much I have to increase that paycheck to clients to cover for those costs. And then when you, when you look at the, your real rate of return, you know, so if, for an example, if you earn 6% and inflation's at three, your net return is really three. And we do the education process around that, too, letting clients know that this is how we think and this is how we're, you know, um, calculating to see how long your money will last.
3: Yeah, I, I just will add a little bit. Um, there's no question that we have that we're having an inflationary spike right now. Everyone agrees on that. How long it will last, probably there is not universal agreement Different economists have different opinions most of the things i've read and what i believe is that this is going to be short-lived that this is really a a direct result of pent-up demand uh supply demand there's not enough supply for the demand right now people because of 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 the pandemic were hunkered down and now they're building things buying things traveling renting cars and so forth and so i think i think it is short-lived but the peg's point which is awesome the prices are never going to go back down again. They may not keep rising at the same rate. They may love loss. Um, they may go down a little, but they'll probably never go down to, you know, to the price they once were. So as prices go up or peg and Jim Connor, are right? That, that becomes permanent and that becomes the new normal. And it gets down to what peg said, you know, it gets down to purchasing power. So you can have your money safely in the bank with no risk of principal and it's making a fraction of 1%. And if inflation is running at three, that money is losing purchasing power. So it still comes back to, yes, you need some safe money, you need cash with no risk of principle, but you probably also still need some growth. Now, the art and the science, and it's different for everybody, and this is where it becomes very personalized, very individualized, is how much of short money, long money, midterm money, do you need? And that's where we come in and we help people make those determinations appropriately for them. Bruce
1: and Peg, this next question really gets at the heart of both of your expertise. The listener asks, if you don't own a home, what states would be the best to retire in if you plan on just renting or leasing?
3: Boy, that's a good question. So Peg, I guess you start with, taxes, but it's more complicated than that. You also have to look at cost of living for, you know, housing and groceries and health care and so forth.
2: Yeah, I, we deal with this with our clients every single day. And I wouldn't, I'm not quite sure why owning a home or renting a home makes a difference. To me, it's all about, in the current tax um, laws, it's all about what flows to your tax return. And you might have brought up owning a home. If you have a mortgage, you might be able to still itemize because the uh, interest on that mortgage up to a certain amount is uh, still deductible. So, I, I and I like what you said, Bruce, because this is so true. Yes, you can do a Google search for what is the state income tax per state. And there's lots of articles out there that say this is the best state to retire in. Um, part of that is because there's states that don't tax Social Security. There's states out there that don't tax so much of your uh first dollars within your pensions. And then you have to look at uh, health care. And somehow, some way, that state is collecting enough tax to run like its neighboring state. So if they don't have an income tax per se in the state, then there's taxes on all sorts of other things that maybe the other states don't have. Uh, And so that takes some research. And uh, then lastly, you know, taxes shouldn't be the main driver of where you live. Uh, We have a lot of people that live in Minnesota that we are in one of the higher state income taxes. But that's where their families are. That's where their grandchildren are. That's where their life is. That's where their great, great medical, you know, uh, expertise is. And so uh, taxes matter, you know, in everything you do, but to what point?
3: Yeah, and just to jump on that train, I love that you said that. That's what I was going to say until you did, uh, did say it. But it goes beyond that. Even, even the job that we do as financial advisors, it's not all about money. Money is part of it, but money is a tool so that you can live the lifestyle that you want, whether that's being philanthropic, whether that's helping family, whether that's volunteering and and being able to do these things and not run out of money. That's what we're about. I tell people all the time, don't move to Florida just because there's no state income taxes. Move to Florida because you like the weather. Don't do it for taxes alone. That might be a subsidiary reason, but it comes down first and foremost To quality of life, to lifestyle. What state delivers the things that are important to you to live the way you want to live? Rashimi?
1: Let's talk about student loans. Can you hear me okay?
3: Uh, Yeah, yeah, I hear you.
1: Okay. Student loans, the federal government last year waived interest for a while they they extended that this year and the last i saw was through the end of september uh that student loan interest is waived what's your advice to young people to families to anyone with student loans right now to maybe maximize this waiver of the interest
3: right yeah
2: i i I um I haven't done a lot with waiver of student loan interest in my practice recently, but let me just talk generally about student loans. I, if they're waiving the interest and you don't have to pay anything, then that's great. If they're delaying it, I'm not a big fan of, you know, paying interest, especially for young people, but I want them to get their education. So if, you, if you're forced to borrow and, and take some debt, and have to pay some interest to get that degree, well, then you're investing in your uh, future uh, career. But I'm not a fan of paying interest if you don't have to. So one of the things that I did um, with my children was when you go to college, yes, we took those loans, and then I actually had them look at the loans. And um, Nicole, you know, 20-plus years ago said to me, "What what is this interest? Like she wanted to know, well, what, why are they tacking on this extra cost? And then I was able to explain to her that this is what happens. You know, you borrow money and it just compounds on top of that principle that you borrowed. And she's like, well, shouldn't we pay that interest now? Because not the principal, but maybe we pay the interest now. And I went, voila, that's a smart idea. Why don't we do that? So there's things that you can do. Uh, to mitigate or lessen, you know, your cost of that education and just being mindful of different ways that you could pay it down uh, during, even while you're in school.
3: Yeah, and Peg, to add to that, maybe you can't pay it off, but you can uh, achieve a lower interest rate so the cost is not so onerous. And Rashini, I'm so glad you brought this up because this is a big issue. The, the, the albatross of debt hanging around our, these young kids just getting launched is a huge issue, and it, and it impacts the entire economy. So, Peg, one of the things a lot of my clients do, So, my clients say, look, I want my kids to be responsible for themselves. I want them to have skin in the game. Game. These are their loans. But if the student loan is, say, 6%, uh, waiver notwithstanding, when they're paying at the interest rate of 6%, maybe mom and dad say, look, we'll pay off the student loan, and you pay us, and we'll only charge 3%, have an intrafamily loan. It's a good deal for mom and dad because kids still have skin in the game, but mom and dad are earning 3%, which they wouldn't earn on their bank savings account, and it's a great deal for the kids because the interest rate is half as much. It's a win-win-win. So be creative. There's things you can do. Uh, If you can't pay it off completely, maybe you can reduce that interest rate somehow and not pay the owner 6% or whatever the student loans at.
1: Yeah, and it's a great tip, Bruce, as long as the family definitely makes sure the young person has skin in the game, right, and sticks with that if they take that over. All right, we've got about a minute 30 to go, but really quickly, maybe a great
2: tip for savings for people out there. Thanks. Well, savings, <laughs> uh, we, that's a thats a hard question today because the banks and the institutions don't want to pay you a lot to have your money sitting around. And Bruce said earlier that we actually all have to have a certain amount of ready reserve for the what ifs. I would just, um, you know, try to ha- find a bank or and a, ask your advisor, you know, what is the base, best rate that I could get on my cash today?
3: Yeah, and, and again, I'm not advertising for any one bank, but uh, look online. There's there's something called online banking. There's a lot of them. I'm not going to mention any names, but the interest rate there will general, generally be higher than if you just walk into a bank on your corner somewhere. I, mean, I know a lot of people are never going to be comfortable with that, but I think, Peg, I, I think you do that. I know I do it. And yeah. uh, find the best interest rate you can.
1: Yeah, great advice. Lots of... Fabulous information today. We always expect that from Peg and Bruce, but so many great topics you covered uh, as we all are looking for uh, Olympic gold, silver, and bronze this week. All right. We will be back with your money next Sunday, same time, same place. You can send in your questions during the week to Peg and Bruce. Call eight 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 six advice or... Email them your money at wealthenhancement.com. Peggy and Bruce have a great week, and we wish everyone a wonderful week. Go out there, enjoy the sunshine, and uh, let the, this great advice they shared today sink in.
0: The previous program was sponsored by Wealth Enhancement Group. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Wealth Enhancement Group or its guests, and do not reflect the opinions of News Talk 830 and Odyssey Inc.